All right, guys, thanks so much for joining me for what's going to be kind of a brief impromptu session here. I uh, want to talk today about servant leadership, just kind of share my heart. Uh, if there's been anything that's been on my heart, on my mind recently, more than anything else, like the most, it's been this uh, subject of, of leadership, uh, specifically servant leadership. And I think that if there's one thing that is really lacking right now in the world in terms of what i what i think the world really really needs right now what's really really needed for the people of god in particular to do is to to stand up in the authority that god has given to us and to lead but to lead in humility to leave humble to lead humbly to lead through love to lead through compassion to lead as servants. That is what Jesus modeled to us. That is the kind of leadership that Jesus demonstrated to us. And I think with all of the brokenness going on in the world right now and all of the all of the confusion and all of the backbiting and all of the us versus them, <laughs> the kind of stuff I talk about all the time on here, with all of that, all of the noise, all of the nonsense, what the world really, really needs now is for the people of God to stand up and to and to lead, to go in the opposite direction of the direction that the world is going. See, what happens is when, and I'm just going to kind of use this as an example, going back to something that I've said on here before that I didn't originate, but uh, it's the idea of of hope, for example. When you have hope, and everybody around you has no hope. Like if we look at the world, there there is such a lack of hope. There is such a hopelessness. There is such a restlessness. There is such a lack of peace. And so when the people of God begin to move in the opposite spirit of what is going on, by and large in the world, and we actually come in with hope, we come in with peace, we come in with joy, we don't come in condemning. The world. See, here's the thing. Here's here's one of the things, and I'm probably getting ahead of myself, but one of the things that really drives me crazy is we when we condemn the world for acting like the world. Like I've been seeing all kinds of videos. I know you've been seeing them as well. Just all kinds of posts and all kinds of things about how you know. Okay, look, this is probably a bad example, and I might get in trouble for saying this, but so like Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl, hanging out with um, what's that girl's name? Ice Spice next to her, throwing up the the devil ears and 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 do, doing all that kind of stuff on camera talking about how it's planted and how it's the NFL and how it's this and how it's that and it's like okay even if it is that and I don't buy into all the conspiracy stuff I'm sorry I just don't but even if it is that or whatever then it's like I'm not saying she's not a not a satanist I I don't really know anything about her uh I I'm pretty sure from just what I've heard what I've read that uh I think her name is Ice Spice. Forgive me. I wasn't planning on talking about that, <laughs> but I, th I think she's probably a legit uh, practicing Satanist. But it's like, like, like that's 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 the world. There's people in the world that do that. There are Satanists in the world. There are atheists in the world. There are agnostics in the world. Like, what what do you expect? What do we expect from the world? The world is going to not act Christian because they're not. The world is going to not act saved all the time because they're not. And the thing is, that's why you and I are here in the world. We look at John chapter 17. Jesus sent his disciples to be in the world, but not of the world. 
We love to say that phrase. We love to throw that around. But what does that really mean? I believe that looking at the kind of leadership that Jesus demonstrated to us, what it actually means is that we come alongside culture. We come alongside people. We come alongside uh the, the brokenness in our society today. And we actually seek to be the hands and the feet of Jesus to demonstrate the love of God by serving well, to demonstrate the love of God by standing in humility and recognizing that people's brokenness, Jesus is, is, is here present to heal the brokenness of the world today. And he actually wants to use you. He wants to use his son, the sons and daughters of God. And for us to kind of come into this position of holier than thou and to condemn and to speak down at culture because they're not acting like Christians. Like, I'm sorry, the world is not supposed to act like Christians. They're not, they're not there yet. And so we're, there's, there's a phrase that I love, and I think it might have actually been the title of a book that I read while I was in Bible college, but it's this, it's this phrase, loving people into the kingdom. The more and more I think about it, I'm pretty sure that is the title of a book. I'm forgive me. I don't know the author, but uh, it's probably a good thing to check out the, just the concept, loving people into the kingdom. Jesus told his disciples, they will know that you are my disciples by your what? Not by the things that you oppose, not by the things that you speak against, they will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. And so it's this idea that we're actually supposed to be known by our love. We're supposed to be known and recognizable as the people of God, not because we come out with in, in uh, vehemency against homosexuality, not because we speak strong against LGBTQ issues and against whatever the hot button issue is of the day, not because of the things that we condemn, but because of the, the love that comes out of our, of our mouth, because of the, the, the servant leadership that is demonstrated through us. Now, look, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have a strong voice. I'm not saying that we shouldn't speak out against issues. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying that for I, I think we spend too much time as the people of God being scandalized over sin when like, what do you expect the world to do? So I just think that it's about loving people into the kingdom. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is, this is how you define the kingdom, righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so that is the solution. That is the atmosphere of walking in relationship with Jesus that we should be presenting to the world. It's about righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit because there is a longing. There is something lacking within the heart of every single person on this planet that has not come face to face with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And there's this desire, this longing within everybody to fill that void. Now, most people are not aware that that void exists and it's being filled or they try to fill it with all kinds of other things. But the kingdom of God 
is righteousness and peace and joy. In other words, the kingdom of God speaks to every single issue, to every single longing, to every single lacking, to every single hurt, to all of the brokenness of every human heart. Everybody has this longing inside of them to be right, <laughs> to be in right standing, whatever that means. They might not phrase it like, I long to be in right relationship right with God. I long to be right standing with God. No, they don't know what that means. But they know that they want to, most people anyway, want to do the right thing. However that's defined or whatever, however they're understanding that is. But most people have a desire to be in a position of rightness, to be in a position of goodness. Most people have that. The kingdom of God is righteousness. The kingdom of God is also peace and joy. How many people do you know that are just lacking peace right now? How many people do you know that don't have peace because there's sickness in their body or they don't have peace because they're about to lose their job or they just lost their job or their business has been suffering or whatever the case may be. There's so many people walking around with a lack of peace and lack of joy. Oh my goodness. And the kingdom of God, Jesus is the solution to all of these issues, to all of these longings of the hearts of people. And yet I feel like we spend so much time, we devote so much energy to the things that we oppose, to the things that we're against, to the things that we're condemned. And again, I'm not saying that you should not be opposed to certain things. I'm not saying that you should not be opposed to things that go against what scripture teaches that go against the teachings of Jesus. I'm not saying you should be opposed to those things, but I'm just saying the, the way that I think we present ourselves, the way that we present the gospel to the world so often, it doesn't come across as good news. It comes across as condemnation. And that's something that Jesus never did. That is something that Jesus never did. And so I want to read kind of a, um, ugh, got fired up too quick and I went ahead of everything I had in my mind to talk about. But anyway, let me, let me just kind of read a few verses here out of Matthew chapter 20, kind of a key uh, theme, if you want to call it scripture here for, for what I want to talk about for the next few minutes. Again, talking about the idea of servant leadership the form of leadership that Jesus modeled to us, that Jesus taught us. When I say modeled, he, sh he showed it to us. And we'll look at some examples of how Jesus demonstrates leading from a place of servanthood, from a place of humility, not from a place of condemnation. So we're looking at Matthew chapter 20. And if you start in verse 20, it's the mother of Zebedee's sons. So two of the disciples of Jesus, uh, the, their mom came to Jesus and and uh, they, she wants to ask him a favor. And she asks him, hey, Jesus, by the way, uh, could you grant that these two sons of mine may sit one on your right hand and one on your left hand in your kingdom? So by the way, like when you come into your kingdom, because they had this idea that the kingdom was going to be ushered in in a very like physical way, in a very like military hostile takeover kind of a way that Jesus was going to restore the kingdom of God to like the nation of Israel, that the nation of Israel was going to be lifted up from out of the Roman empire. And there was going to be like this reestablishment of the throne of God physically on the earth in Jerusalem. And that was kind of like the prevailing idea that, that 
uh, people had in their minds in the time of Christ that had followed the teachings of the Old Testament. They had gotten this picture of Jesus coming as a as a conquering king, or excuse me, as the Messiah coming in as a as a conquering king. And by and large, they missed the parts that talked about him coming in as a suffering servant. They missed the part about him coming uh, in in humility, in obscurity, the and enduring physical pain and death and 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 all of that. They they kind of missed missed that aspect of it. And so that's why a lot of people missed that Jesus was actually the Messiah when he came. And it's why they, people still miss it today because they think that they're still waiting on their Messiah to come. So Jesus answers and says, this kind of, this part's not really important for what I want to say, uh, but he, he's saying, you don't know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink and be baptized with the baptism I'm about to be baptized with? You will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with, but to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, but but it is for those to whom it is prepared for by my Father. And when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself. So that's the context. So Jesus is asked this question about, you know, from, and it wasn't even the disciples that did it. Their mom came and she's like, hey, Jesus, could you make sure that my two boys have a very special place of honor with you in your kingdom. And Jesus is kind of like in this moment, he's about to drop a truth bomb on these guys and he's about to just have a teaching moment with them. And he's going to show them what real kingdom leadership is all about. It's not about being exalted to a place of honor. It's about serving. It's about serving from the lowest level to the highest level. It is about serving others. It is not about being exalted to a place of prominence. And too often we desire greater positions of leadership and greater positions of influence because in the back of our minds, what we want is to get further away from the serving stuff. We want to get further away from having to do the, the work, having to do the hard work. And granted, I get you, you know, sometimes as you move up, whether you're talking about within an organization, within a ministry, within whatever it might be if you're just if you're building something and you're gaining little by little or maybe you're making great great strides at a time or whatever but you're gaining more and more influence or you're building more and more of an income or whatever that the results look like for you i get that the job description changes i get that there's a difference in what you're doing cuz it's different when you're kind of maybe you start in whatever you're on maybe you're one on one with somebody maybe you've got a department with one or two people who you oversee. Maybe you start maybe you, you start where you've got nobody that you're overseeing, you're just on a peer level and your desire should be to serve. And I believe, I believe with all my heart that if you will um listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit, but do your job, whatever your job is, do it with integrity, do it well, do it loving the people around you, do it from a heart of you want to serve, you want to bless, you want to be a blessing. And I, I believe it's it's an issue of stewardship. And if your desire is to be elevated to a next to to whatever the next level is, if your desire is to be whether it's within that company or something else, I believe that God always honors stewardship. I don't know how long it takes from case to case, from situation to situation. I have no idea, but I know that Scripture teaches us that God honors stewardship. You who have been faithful with little you will also be faithful in much. It's it's a principle. If I can't be faithful with what I have right now, 
then how in the world am I going to be faithful when I have more? Well, you think, well, it's because it's going to mean more. It's going to mean more when, it, when the influence is greater. It's going to mean more when I have more money. It's going to mean more when I have a greater position or when I have more fame or I have more followers. It's going to mean more, so I'm going to serve them more. No, you're not. The principles that you are leading in the capacity that you have to lead right now those principles and the foundation that you're building now is the foundation that you're going to stand on when you're in front of more people, when you have more at your disposal. So we've got to develop good servant leadership habits where we are now. It doesn't matter if there's one person listening to you or if there's 10,000 people listening to you, serve well where you are. And the mistake that we make, the mistake that I know that I've made many times in my life, and it's something that I, I, I know that I have to actually fight against in my mindset sometimes, when it's like, well, this doesn't really matter that much because it's only this many people. It doesn't matter that much because it's only this much resource. It's only whatever. And every single time, listen to me, every single time when we undervalue what we have in our hands, we will underserve every 100% of the time. If we undervalue, we will underserve. So if we undervalue the people that we have influence with because it's just a small group, we are not going to serve them effectively, meaning that we are not going to put on display the kind of character that is needed for us to grow, for us to be able to make it to that next level. Now, I'm not saying you can't like fall backwards sometimes into a greater level of prominence or a greater level of position or authority or whatever. Sometimes it's thrust on you. Sometimes it just happens and whatever. And I believe that in those situations, God gives you grace and you've just got to kind of roll with the punches and go with the flow. It's kind of baptism by, by fire, trial by fire, whatever you want to call it. That happens sometimes. But if you find yourself in a position right now where you're leading, maybe you're doing what you want to do, but you're not doing it at the level where you want to be at. Believe me, I know uh, uh, exactly how you feel. Like being in a position where, you know, maybe you're doing the thing that you want to do, or you're at least starting to build toward doing the thing that you want to do, the thing that you're called to, the assignment that you have, the passion that you have, whatever you want to call it. And maybe it's just not at the level where you want it to be yet. Maybe you're building something on social media and you want to be able to monetize it, but you haven't gotten to that level yet. Keep going. Maybe you're building a business or building a ministry, or maybe you are on the ground floor at your company or whatever, and you want to be in a different place. You want to grow up. You want your income to increase. You want your influence to increase. You want the, the job that's down the hall with the bigger office, whatever it might be. Like, are you putting into practice the the traits today that that next position is going to require of you or are you doing the bare minimum because you're just not happy you're not content in the place where you are right now this is a good point of evaluation i think for all of us that we should do like from time to time throughout our throughout our lives evaluate where we are evaluate how what level of of character am I demonstrating in the work that I do? Am I doing just enough to get by and not get fired? 
Am I doing just enough to barely make it? Am I doing just enough so the few followers I have don't leave me? Am I doing just enough? Whatever it is, but ev evaluate that and be aware of it so that if you truly desire in your heart to get to the next level, you've got to recognize that if you're doing just barely enough to get by today, that's probably not enough to get you to where you really want to be. Because any time that you undervalue, I'm going to specifically uh, gear this toward people now. If you do not value the people that you have in front of you right now, whether it's many or few, if you do not value the people that you have in front of you right now to the point that you are willing to serve them, then you are not going to... <laughs> Obviously, it's uh, I, I shouldn't use that word serve there because I need to use it twice. So <laughs> that wasn't very well done. If you are undervaluing the people that are in front of you right now, you're not going to serve them well. And if you're not serving them well, then you're probably not going to grow much beyond the point that you are right now. It's just kind of the way this works. So anyway, so uh, get, getting back to this, the context of this, Jesus is saying, so he calls them over. And it's the idea of, I really want my sons to have this place of prominence. I want them to be at your right hand and at your left. I want them to be your, your, your go-to guys when you get into your kingdom. I want them to have a place of prominence, a place of authority, a place of honor. And so Jesus is going to flip this thing on its head. Verse 25, he says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Don't, don't misinterpret that slave uh, word right there. This is not advocating slavery. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Nobody has demonstrated servant leadership to the level of Jesus. Being in the exact form of God, being the exact representation of God, being God himself, the ever existent one. Jesus did not come into existence when he was born to the Virgin Mary. He has always existed. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus has always existed and always been equal with the Father. He's always been one with the Father. And he came to this world fully God, fully man, born in obscurity, born in humility, the King of kings, born in a, in a manger, in a feeding trough. Just coming into the world in the in the most humble humblest of ways the most humblest come on you get what i'm saying he came in just absolute humility being the one deserving of the most honor absolutely perfect god himself and yet he came not to be served but to serve and to give his life to lay his life down for people that at the time hated him, to lay his life down for people that didn't get it, to lay his life down for you and for me. While we were yet sinners, he died for us, demonstrating what it truly means to serve. 
and he's calling his disciples into the same kind of mindset. He's calling his disciples into the same kind of living. He's like, it's not going to be like this among you. You know, the rulers of the Gentiles, they lord it over them. Those who, those who are great exercise authority over them. Like there's this idea, you know, of course, of course, everybody wants to get to the top of that pyramid. You know, everybody wants, whether it's a CEO of a company, whatever it is, everybody wants to get to that point where they've got more authority, where they've got more power. But the thing that few people realize and the people that do realize it really, this really sets them apart. The people who realize that the further they go up on the ladder, the more important it is for them to serve. The more important it is for them to demonstrate servant leadership. Those are the people that tend to hold on to the authority. Those are the people that tend to grow beyond measure because they recognize, see, what happens is the aftermath of, of leading as a servant, as you grow, is that in your wake, you leave behind you a culture of servant leadership. You're not leaving behind you this culture of like cutthroat, do whatever you have to do to get ahead, do whatever it takes to get by, or do the bare minimum to get by, or whatever, but you're actually building within the organization that you're that you're growing in you're actually leaving behind you a culture that people can look at and and a leadership example that people can follow. So Jesus is teaching his disciples how to live, how to operate in this place of servanthood. It's not about being exalted to the great place of prominence at the feast. It's not about sitting next to the most important person. It's not about being the most important person in the room. It's actually about serving. Greatness in the kingdom is serving. And it's that willingness. And an example of this that we see in the life of Jesus that is just so incredible. It's maybe my favorite passage of scripture in the Bible. It's in John chapter 13. When Jesus gets down to wash the feet of his disciples. And there's been a big thing lately. I don't know if you've heard. <laughs> There's been a big thing lately about foot washing. The Super Bowl commercial that he gets us. Super Bowl commercial. I did a podcast on it. It's been everywhere. It's been a lot of a uh, lot of people love it. A lot of people hate it. A lot of complaints. A lot of arguing. A lot of stuff over the he gets us commercial because the idea is that well Jesus didn't just go around washing everybody's feet. And look, I get it. The only example that we have in Scripture of Jesus washing the feet of anybody is here in John chapter 13 when he washes the feet of his disciples. I don't think the purpose of that commercial, I don't think the purpose of the he gets us is to say, hey, go around and wash everybody's feet because Jesus did it. It's the idea of it is a demonstration. It is a practical demonstration of servant leadership. It is a practical demonstration of coming down on the level of somebody else wherever they're at and saying, hey, I'm here with you and I'm here to serve you. And that's something that's lacking in the church today. It just really is. Not everywhere, but it's just lacking in the church today. It's lacking in the people of God today. So many of us in the church, we've gotten so comfortable being comfortable within the four walls of our church setting. We feel good going to church on Sunday, maybe a midweek Bible study or whatever. We feel good about getting involved in some kind of a connect group. And all those things are great. I think they're wonderful. I think they're needed. I think they're necessary. But we're not necessarily super comfortable today going outside of the four walls of the church and actually getting on the level of people that we come in contact with 
and saying, hey, I want to serve you. Not that you're going to walk up to somebody and actually say those words, all right? Like, I'm not talking about being, cra being, being crazy and being super spiritual. Like, hey, how can I serve you today, brother? Maybe if that's how you talk for real and that's you, awesome, amazing. I'm not talking about just like throwing around religious language. I'm talking about, look, the foot washing thing, <laughs> it was practical in Jesus's day. Jesus did it here because there was, I mean, like the idea of there would sometimes be a servant. There would often be a servant um, available to wash the feet of people as they came in off the road. We're talking about guys that are sitting down to enjoy a dinner together, to enjoy a meal together and walking around, their feet are all nasty and all that. And it was a normal thing for somebody, a servant in those kinds of settings to wash the feet of the people who were coming in off the road. It was a servant's job. It was not something that the leader of the group, they, they never would have expected that the leader of the group, that Jesus, that their master, the one they called teacher and master, that he would get down on his knees and wash their feet. They never expected that. It completely blew up their world. Jesus had discussed with them like what we just read in Matthew chapter 20. About, look, this is, this is not what it's about. It's not about getting a position of prominence and lording it over people. It's about getting on the level with people and serving. And for them in this day, in this moment... For Jesus to get down and wash their feet, it was a practical thing. I just want you to get that. It was a it was a practical thing that he did. He served them practically by washing their feet. It wasn't just a symbolic act for them. Now, you I don't know if I, I've been in like foot washing services. I've been in places where like a, a foot washing kind of thing spontaneously breaks out. I've been in them where it's been kind of like kind of orchestrated and where it's kind of like uh you know, you can, I don't, I don't want to sound judgmental, but I've, I've, I've been to, let's just say one or two, uh, church setting foot washing ceremonies where it was incredibly profound. I remember one time, uh, where the, the pastor and his wife, they didn't tell us about this ahead of time. We were in a meeting with all of the, the worship teams and this was very, very early in, in, in my ministry years. I was actually in Mexico. And we were all together, probably 40 of us, at least, in the room. And we had no idea that it was coming. And the pastor and his wife, they they talked to us from their heart. And then they uh, they got down on their hands and knees and they they washed all of our feet. Everybody in the room, they washed our feet. And it was a really, really powerful thing. It was a really profound moment. One of the things that made it really profound was they didn't tell us. We didn't know ahead of time. You know, somebody tells you ahead of time that they're going to wash your feet. They, You're probably going to change some stuff up. You're, pro <laughs> you're probably going to show up with some clean feet. <laughs> probably going to show up with feet clean. You know what I'm saying? Probably going to trim your toenails. You're probably going to, you know, make sure your shoes don't smell. You've got fresh socks on. You know what I'm saying? Like you're going to come prepared. This, this wasn't a prepared thing. This was a, I don't think it was a spur of the moment. I think they knew they were going to do it. I believe they were led by the, by the Lord in what they did. But nobody else knew because they didn't, 
they didn't want it to be a show. They, they just wanted to be obedient to what the Lord was, was asking them to do. And they wanted to express and demonstrate, I believe, servant leadership. Now, you might go your whole life without ever having your feet washed by somebody. You might go your whole life without ever washing somebody's feet. I don't think the actual foot washing is the point. I think the point is how can we practically love people well by serving? How can we practically honor and esteem others by serving? How can we lead well? Well, I believe we lead well when we're willing to serve well, when we're willing to serve. Uh, Bill Johnson makes a statement. He says, lead with the heart of a servant and serve with the heart of a king. And it's something that's always stuck with me. He's been saying it for years. And it, it's just it's just so true. You know, we want to serve. We, we When we serve, we want to recognize that, oh, this is a privilege that I have to serve. And I'm going to serve you with a heart that is full. I'm, I'm going to serve you in the very best way that I can because you deserve it. And, and that's the thing. I mean, that's what I got out of the He Gets Us commercial. I know a lot of people didn't like it, but that's what I got out of it. <clears throat> and this is not supposed to be a He Gets Us commercial thing, but uh, that's what I got out of it. It's like, you know, those the images that they show in the video of, of people washing each other's feet and, and that sort of thing, different scenarios. The idea is not like go out there and start washing everybody's feet. The, the, idea, the idea is, okay, symbolically, what does that mean? What does that represent? I believe it represents... We're supposed to serve people, people that might not think the way that we think, people might that might be ideologically opposed to the way that we think, people who might have a different set of values and belief systems. But guess what? They are image bearers of God. They're created in the image and the likeness of God. And I believe that we've got to start being able to see beyond the facade, to see beyond the brokenness, to see beyond the ideological differences, and to see through to the image bearer of God that is on the other end of that argument that maybe drives you crazy or the other end of that belief system that you disagree with or whatever. I'm not saying we just <clears throat> blindly condone everything that everybody's doing, but I am saying that we can affirm the person and we can value them and we can honor them and we can serve them even if what they're doing is completely against what we believe. We can still love and honor and serve that person, and we can do it well. And the thing that I love so much about this passage in John chapter 13 is that, let me just read it. Supper being ended, the devil having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray Jesus, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper laid aside his garments, took a towel, and girded himself. And then it continues, he knelt down and washed the disciples' feet. Two things here that, that stick out to me. It's, it was already in the heart of, Ju of, of, um, yeah, of Judas. It was already in the heart of Judas to betray Jesus. That's one thing. And Jesus is fully aware in this moment that the Father had given everything into his hands, and that he'd come from God and was going to God. So Jesus is so fully aware in this moment of his assignment. And there's also this thing, this looming thing hanging over the whole affair that's, I'm about to be betrayed by this guy who's been with me for three years. So Jesus knowing 
that he's getting very, very close to his betrayal, his arrest, his crucifixion, knowing that all this is happening and being so aware of his identity, being so aware of the assignment of God, being so aware of what God had placed into his hands. And it's in this moment that Jesus chooses to, to get up from the table, to grab a towel, to grab a bucket or whatever, and to get down on his hands and his knees and in humility to express love and to express service to his closest friends, even the one who's about to betray him, even the one who's going to deny him three times, even all of the rest just about who are going to be scattered and they're going to flee when Jesus gets arrested because they're going to be afraid and they're all going to, they're going to abandon him in one way or another. Most of them not even show up at the crucifixion for fear, for confusion, for whatever. And he gets down and he washes their feet because he wants to show them what true servant leadership is all about. He wants to honor them. He wants to show them that he honors them. And he wants to give them an example to follow. That's what a leader does. A leader gives an example to follow. A leader doesn't just tell people what to do. A true biblical leader gives people an example to follow because they recognize that even though they might have the position, even though they might have the authority, even though they might have whatever, they are not better than anybody else that they're serving, that they're responsible for. Anybody else, is, they're not better than them. And it's that willingness to serve. In the moment that, I mean, Jesus could have done anything. Jesus could have stood up. He could have preached a powerful sermon. He could have stood up and he could have talked about how he was going to be betrayed. He could have stood up and he could have talked about any number of things. He could have chosen this moment to, to just officially say out loud to everybody, I am the Messiah. I am the chosen one. I am this. I am that. He could have taken this moment to do anything. And the significance of the moment and the significance of what he was carrying and what he was aware of in that moment, any of those things could have been warranted. But it was in this moment that he recognizes that here's what's needed. They don't need a sermon from me. They don't need some lofty message. They don't need, I, I've, I've taught these guys, they've been with me all this time. What they need is a demonstration. They've, they had seen so many demonstrations of power. And they had seen so many demonstrations of Jesus getting down on the level of somebody else and serving them well. They'd seen it. But I don't think they'd ever seen him do anything quite like this, quite to this level, where he was going to serve them in, in such a profound, in, in such an intimate demonstration of leadership. And I don't know about you, but I just think that this is what is lacking in the world today. This is what is lacking in our world today. It's the willingness to move in the opposite spirit of the times and to say just because so many people are complaining, just because so many people are against us, just because so many people are this and are that, just because there's all these competing ideologies and competing philosophies and competing whatever, even though the world wants to pit us against each other, 
even though the world wants to paint this picture that the church, we, we don't agree, that we're we're factioned, that we're whatever, like even though wh whatever the case may be, whatever it looks like, whatever we've experienced in the past coming from within, coming from from without, coming from whatever direction it's coming from. But like the world wants to define who the church is. The world wants to define how we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to like the world wants to define all these things. So looking at the whole picture of everything, what's going on in society, what's going on with the political climate in the United States, at least looking at all the different things that have happened, all of the like we can take this down so many different avenues, right? All of the fallen leaders that we've seen in the body of Christ through the, over the past few, just the past few years. The prominent men and women of God in these positions of leadership, in these positions of authority within the church or within evangelicalism or whatever you want to call it, and the 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 falls that have taken place, the moral failures that have taken place. What the world, I just believe what the world needs right now is a demonstration of the father heart of God, a demonstration of love, a demonstration of compassion. Sometimes that's demonstrated by laying your hands on a, on a sick person, maybe a total stranger, but laying your hand, reaching out to somebody and saying, Hey, could I pray for you? Sometimes that's going out on the limb when it's, when you're, we, <laughs> When you're feeling nervous and delivering that prophetic word or that word of knowledge to that person because you don't know how they're going to respond. You don't know how they're going to take it. It's that willingness to put yourself in that lack of comfort zone, to get out of your comfort zone, to step out because it's not about you. It's about them. See, love is sacrificial. And sometimes it's like, you know, it feels like we're laying down something huge in order to step outside of our comfort zone to bless somebody else. What we're laying down is like, it might be our pride. It might be our, our, our comfort. It might be what whatever it might be. It might be some time. It might be money. Sometimes it might be uh, the energy, the effort, the, whatever it might be. There's like a laying down of something to, in order to love, in order to serve sacrificially. But guess what? God loves that. God honors that. And there's no wasted time. There's no wasted time when you're being led by the spirit to bless, to serve, to honor, to love, to demonstrate the nature and the goodness and the character of the father. And I just think the world just is so desperate right now for the people of God to stand up in whatever area, whatever you do, whatever however you work, whatever your career is, whatever your position in life is, whatever your age, whatever your, how long you've been following Jesus, like whatever that is, wherever you are to stand up. This is a verse that, um, I just, uh, think about a lot. Romans chapter eight verse, um, I'll start in verse 18 it says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. 
And if you're a girl, just put daughters of God in there. It's fine. So for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Creation itself, this world that we live in, in the days that we're living in, again, these days of darkness, these days of brokenness, these days of lies, these days of like, you don't know what's up, what's down, what's right, what's wrong, who you can trust, who you can't trust. You don't know if it's real or if it's AI. You don't know if the media is lying to you. They're, they probably are. You don't know. Like, you, don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't, you don't know. Like, we don't know. It's hard to know what's what these days. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of darkness. There's a lot of identity crisis. There's all kinds of stuff going on, but in the midst of the days that we're living in, the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits. Creation itself is eagerly, expectantly waiting for the revealing of the sons of God, of the daughters of God, of the people of God to step into their identity, of the people of God to recognize the influence that they have, even just the fact that they that, that they have hope. The fact that you have hope means that you have influence. The fact that you have hope, the fact that you know the peace of God, the fact that you know the power of God, the fact that you've been acquainted with him and you've come face to face with him, that means that you have something so incredible to offer this world. And it doesn't matter if you've been following Jesus for a minute or if you've been following Jesus for 50 years, you have something so needed and so incredible to offer this world. And really it's you, it's Christ in you. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Colossians 1.27, is that what that is? It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. The hope that this world needs is found in the sons and the daughters of God. His name is Jesus and he lives within us. And yet we spend so much time like fighting and arguing and we spend so much time up on a high horse condemning culture instead of embracing and coming alongside of culture. And it's like, I just think what's so needed today is servant leadership. I barely scratched the surface of what I wanted to get into. I am out of time. I got to go pick up my son from school. So I thank you guys so much for stopping by. I appreciate you for just being here. I'd love to hear your thoughts and your comments as always. Don't forget to leave a comment or a review if you get a chance. Uh, if the content blessed you, if you'd maybe consider sharing this with somebody, that would really mean the world to me. I appreciate you so much. Um, hope to see you on a future, I don't know if I want to call this an episode or a session. I probably will post this later on the uh, podcast. So you can go back later on the podcast if you missed it. Um, and uh, check out the uh, podcast if you if you if that's easier for you. I know for me, it's just easier for me to like go to Spotify. If you do Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, it's probably there. So uh, real live talk and um, yeah. I uh, hope you'll uh, join me for a future episode. Appreciate you guys very much. Hope you have an awesome uh, rest of your day and uh, see you next time. God bless you guys.